Today, we're talking about email anxiety and how to control your inbox, how to send emails that you feel good about, both in a formal and informal context, because the reality is email is so prevalent in our And culture. just before we jump into that, uh, we are uh, actually headed on a trip today, so we have a, a tight cutoff at, uh, what is it? Was it 10? 10 o'clock. 10, but if, right. if there are a lot of questions, we're going <laughs> to... If there are a lot of questions, we'll those. do our best to answer them. Yeah. And otherwise, if we can't get to it during the, uh, the talk... Leave them in the comments. Leave them in the comments, and uh, you know we can jump on them later. But uh, yeah. we want you to hold us accountable to this, too, because you don't want to miss our flight. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, also, some of you sent in your questions, so thank you so much. Um, we're going to share those with you today in the live. And it'll be a fun way to tackle this subject. You know, written communication we do every day and mostly in the form of email. So cool. Yeah. That's what we want to talk about. Let's jump into it. All right. Well, what are you drinking? Because we want to say what teas we Oh, actually the same as last time. I had such a good time with it. This is the uh, this is another chamomile um, that comes in these I, I thought I find them classy, these silky little pouches. They're the tea pigs. Yeah, yeah. It just it's I don't know. It's called tea pigs. It feels more <laughs> it feels more uh, refined. Yes. Uh, than your standard tea bag, so I like them. Hopefully, everyone can hear us. Notice how we have our Lavalier mics, our lapel mics now. Yeah, we, we, we totally upgraded to... the sound, which we're, <laughs> which we're excited about. Yeah, so if for any reason you cannot hear us, do let us know. We did a sound check before. Yeah, so. I just got a comment saying uh, that that we're good. We're good. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So, Greg, I know that you have a lot of experience with email, and you're just a fan of email. But I do want to address, uh, I want to point out that a lot of people have anxiety around email. And it's actually not uncommon to have social anxiety around email, but also productivity-related anxiety. The feeling that I have to have a zero inbox. I have to read every single email. Even though I have my own to-do list and my own priorities, I need to get to every single email and respond in a super timely, timely matter. Mm. So I wanted to know what your take was on just the idea of email anxiety. So people call it yeah. email anxiety and inbox anxiety. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. Um, email for me has been a big part of my professional life. Yes. So even from the first job I had, I was actually uh, working at a nonprofit in, in China at the time. And I would say 50% of my job was just writing emails yeah. uh, for the CEO and uh, for my boss, uh, basically just a lot of external communication. Yeah. Um, and I was effectively ghostwriting. So PR right, too, right, in a way. Yeah, you could call it PR as well, definitely. Yeah. public relations. Um, and I'm effectively ghostwriting for them. Yeah. And, and I think part of the reason that fell onto me is yeah. because they themselves felt that same email anxiety, right? And so there's no question that that, that exists. Mm -hmm. um, and that also, when used the right way, email can be very effective. Um, As a tool. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Yeah, yeah. In terms of the anxiety, I think a lot of the time what it comes down to is people are concerned or they're, they're too caught up in, you know, trying to convey a message, right? Hmm. They don't necessarily think clearly 
as to what the message is that they're trying to convey. Right. And so when they start writing, they sort of err toward putting everything in. Right. right? Like over communicating. Over communicating, exactly. So you end up with this email that's that's huge and sprawling and sort of rambling. Yes. And their hope is that somewhere, like stream of consciousness almost. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Often like, you'll read emails that are stream of consciousness. And so <laughs> they'll ramble on and um, you know, it's on the the sort of the reader, the receiver yeah. to sort of pick Unpack out the points. It. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that, they think about that before they even start writing the email. And so they're like, oh, I'm going to have to write this long email. I'm not quite sure how to communicate it. And so you know what? I'm just not going to write it at all. Like I won't respond, basically, right? right? right. That, that's and what that happens. Saying. I'm sure we, I mean, we've all experienced it. Yeah. When you, you, you get an email in your inbox and you're, you feel this little thing in your, your stomach like, oh, gosh, I don't, I don't think I'm going to respond to that, you know? That you want to respond. Why? Because it's too long. It's it's just that you don't want to take on this sort of burden of thinking through how to respond to it in, in an effective way. Yeah. And so it just sort of sits there. You're like, oh, well, I will respond to it, just not today or right. not this hour. And then like you procrastinate. Keeps getting a pushed bit. off, like <laughs> like a paper that you don't want to write. Oh. <laughs> you were good about that in college, though. You would get it done as soon as. You could the right? papers. As soon as it was yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that I mean, so I that think could apply to an email strategy. That concept totally applies to email, which is, um, in my opinion, the best approach to email is yeah. uh, when you read it, you respond. You respond. That's right. Yeah. Because a lot if, of people say that. Yeah. Because yeah. if you if you let it just sort of sit in your inbox, then um, it's on your mind, and it and it takes up actually yeah. uh, Cal Newport, the uh, Deep Work fellow. Yeah who uh, just recently wrote Digital, Di- Digital Minimalism, Minimalism, was talking about how email has this effect. Yeah. When, when, when you get an email communication, it just sort of sits in your head. And until you respond to it, it's taking up a tiny bit of what we call in computers RAM, right? right. This so random access power. memory. Yeah, it's kind of like your temporary storage. Yeah. It's taking up a little <laughs> bit of this temporary storage, and it's not going to go away until you respond to that email. Right. Yeah. And I think, so Gretchen Rubin, author of The Happiness Project, and she also has a podcast, she has this thing called the one minute rule Mm. where she tries to do any task that she can in one minute. So like putting her coat away, putting her teacup away, uh, putting Hmm. the dishes in the dishwasher, whatever it might be that could take her one minute. She tries to get, eliminate all of those tasks up front. As best as best she can, mm. and she, you know, it's also in the context of responding to email. So if you see an email that you can respond to within a minute, then do that. Um, but it, of course, depends on the priority of you know the sender, like how important the project is, right? Um, but also like how much time you have to respond, right? So if it exceeds a minute, then that might be something for later. And yeah, that can be helpful. Right? Yeah, I like that sort of thinking about. So does she start writing and then if it goes over a minute, she stops? Or is it more so you look at it, you assess if it's going to take longer than a minute? I think it's both. I mean, she's, she has this rule in the context of tasks in general okay. so that they don't sort of pile up and then mm. create this extra anxiety. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other research that I was looking into also talks about how this could be applied for e- to email as well. Yeah, um, yeah. In terms of just managing our stress levels around it. I, I totally agree. And I think the number one thing with, email is being systematic about it, Yeah. right? So as long as you have a system 
whether it's you know setting aside some for now and some for later, right. <laughs> or tackling it all now, or there's you know one that I hear a lot of people talk about. I haven't implemented it myself, but yeah. I agree with it conceptually, which is. I do email sort of in a contained block of the time. Batch timing. Batch timing, yeah. exactly. Which is another computer term. Yeah, there um, we go. Computer it all age. comes back to coding. Yeah. Of course. But yeah, batching <laughs> your email. So basically, yeah. you allocate five minutes an hour. Right. Or for in more extreme cases, it sounds extreme, but one hour a day. Right. Right. Yeah. Which to most people is like, whoa. I know. It's only looking at your email once right? for an hour. Yeah, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that most of us have our notifications turned on, right? So if we get it on our smartwatch or our electronic device, mostly our phones, yep. we'll see these emails coming in the instant they're sent. And then we feel like, and some of them are newsletters, right? Mm. Um, but on that topic, there's, um, let's see, what's his, let me find it. Yeah, this is really interesting. So Dan Ariely, he's a behavioral economist at Duke University, also a psychology professor. He wrote a book called Predictably Irrational. Mm. And he also put out this survey about just how people, you know, what their email health is like, right, in terms of what they do and right, right. how often they check their email. So he found that 33% of emails – that people received didn't need to be viewed at all, at all, okay? And then yep. here's the other thing. Only 10% of the emails that people receive are so important that they need to be addressed immediately and given an, a response immediately. Isn't that yeah. so interesting? And here we are thinking, okay, I get this notification. I have to respond right away. Yeah, I mean, email demands this immediacy. Yeah. Uh, I would say texting is even more aggressive. Oh, my gosh. Right? I, I try to avoid texting on a professional basis as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Uh, but even email, yeah, it, it, once it's in your inbox, it's, it's, it's like, it. you got it. You got to reply to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so I, I can totally see that being the case, too, where um, because people want answers and responses so quickly we've right. come to expect that immediacy yeah. right we're just letting emails fly left and right and um an important device there in terms of sort of managing that flow is just because you're getting a lot of email doesn't need to, you need to be replying to a lot of email that's so true so often uh, so there are a couple of things one one is only copy the people that need to be copied yes. i think part of the reason there's such a huge sort of overflow of email is because people prefer to copy as many people yes, as possible because mm -hmm. just in case they want to hear about it, right? <laughs> and if that's the policy in your company, okay. Right. You know, of you, you it do it. But that. in general, I, I think it tends to be people tend to be a little too liberal mm -hmm. with their CCing. So in a corporate con like in a professional email context. I, or even with friends. I, I can tell you my family chains sometimes get, oh. get <laughs> even more crowded than they need to, right? It's about it's about the inclusivity. No. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it's, yes. but really, email is, I think, because we know that it, it's, it demands this immediacy. You, you want to put a little thought into it before you send someone an email, it's true. right? It's it's something that you're you're when you send it, you're asking a little bit from them. Another thing I actually like to do yeah. in my email, yeah, is I craft it so that uh, when someone receives it. 
-hmm. I've relieved them of the pressure of responding unless they'd like to respond. Right, you're really good about right? that. Yeah. So in the end, in the end of my email, I say no need to respond unless you have questions. No need to respond unless you think differently, or if this is interesting to you, feel free to respond. Right. The right. point is closing with something like that leaves the person, the reader, feeling you know uh, like it's an acceptable thing to not respond. Right. Which is right. totally fine, of course. Right. Um, just on the Dan Ariely part, mm -hmm. what's really interesting, mm -hmm. so he and his team created this app. There's also a separate web browser, but an app called Filter, I'll put it in the show notes down mm -hmm. below, that allows you to change settings so that you basically, you designate the key, the key senders for you, the most priority that you have for those senders. And you can get friends and family or you know, your co-founder or whatever, whoever you, whomever you work with, those emails can be sent when they get sent. But then you can have your newsletters come to you all at once at, you know, in the evening. Ah, so you get these at that two I really separate like. times. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that because uh, there's some emails throughout the day that you really want to be on top of. Of course. Right. Yeah. And that's part of the reason why I don't do the batching that well is because I know that of all the emails yeah, you get, there are a couple tough. that are that immediacy yeah. is relevant. Right. But totally for newsletters, I like yeah, getting them. You want to read them. Right. Yeah. But it, I don't need to get a buzz when I receive <laughs> it and look I know. and figure out, you know, what the latest, you know, news is on the health of chocolate. Right. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that if you have that, it gives your mind some space for tackling the emails that you want to tackle. And then yeah. Just being able to maybe, you know, when you're off on a walk, you can, you know, go through yeah, the ones yeah. that you want to read for your newsletter. Exactly. Like that would be perfect for me. I, I like to allocate a certain amount of time before going to bed yeah. to doing some reading right. and also in the morning. Yeah. So I could basically, I have to figure out, this is we'll an look app into it. It's, a, it's an app. And then cool. there's also a separate one that's a web browser. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Because so, then you can just have it sort of funnel in. Yeah, let's uh, try it. Right at the times when you want to read. I know. It's, I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. The other thing um, that's really helpful is to unsubscribe. And this is something that you've also shared with me yes. as um, a tool. Uh, just unsubscribing. It's really hard, especially if you feel like you, you know that you want to read something, maybe even periodically. But maybe you're just subscribed to way too many um, newsletters or podcasts or whatever it might be. So I think if you don't read it, if you don't open an email from that sender for at least a week, it's probably a good idea. That's generous in my book. To unsubscribe. Yeah. Oh yeah, for you. I'm, I'm pretty ruthless about the unsubscription. You're good about it because then you don't have the stress of. Well, I get it. And, and I know, feel that temptation too, which inbox. is you, you want to be informed. Yeah, you do. Part of, part of, yeah, part of what's fresh in my email is you want to be informed. You, totally. Well, I, I get this anxiety even with, so I actually am a, uh, an, an uh, inbox zero. You're so uh, good about it. Disciple. You're so good about it. But it's, it's almost a problem because <laughs> what it means is I have to, in my head, I have to go through everything in my inbox, right? I can't archive it unless I've read it right. or at the very least skimmed it. So, and that's a lot of reading, right? Lot of reading. Especially when you're running a company, you have other priorities yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah. It's a lot to it's do. A lot of reading. It's tough. Yeah. So by, uh, the number one way to, to sort of address that yeah. is to simply unsubscribe, yeah, right? Definitely. So if you can reduce the number of stuff coming into your inbox in the first place, then 
uh, yeah, then then it's just that many fewer emails that you have to, to get rid of right. sort of on your quest for inbox zero. And even if it's not inbox zero, if you just want a sort of more contained, manageable inbox, you'd be amazed at if you just went through your last week of email, yeah. how many of them did you actually read? And then if you see a pattern <laughs> emerging, like you're saying, yeah. uh, just unsubscribe. Yeah. If you really miss it, you'll go and resubscribe, right? Yeah. So for me, it's uh, definitely. And then I have to sort of make a note somewhere about what newsletters I might have enjoyed, but I really didn't get to as frequently as I had hoped. If I want to resubscribe, but maybe it's off my radar at that point, it's good to have maybe like a post-it or some digital note somewhere um, just of like different newsletters that were would-be nices, or maybe at this moment in time, they might not be relevant to you, right? So it might be for your future self or ideal self <laughs> or your alter ego. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a good idea to once you unsubscribe, you can always just keep a note of different newsletters that you had once subscribed to and maybe again would like to reintroduce that yeah, to your inbox. I like that. Uh, one other thing that yeah. I think you did recently oh, that I think uh, works pretty well. I'm working on it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. We all are. Yeah. Trust me, we all are. Um, I liked how you basically set aside uh, a folder for your newsletters. Yeah. Right? And helpful. so they're still coming into your inbox. If you really can't let go of that yeah. newsletter, but at the same time, hard. you know you you, uh, <laughs> uh, you don't actually read it and doesn't need to yeah. fall direct, directly in your inbox, use your inbox filters. Gmail has these. So helpful. Outlook you help me set it these. up. It's so helpful. Yeah. So your inbox filters can be a really powerful way to divert some of that unnecessary communication yeah. or communication that isn't urgent yes. to a separate folder. So it doesn't treat your inbox as sort of your high priority right. to-do tray. Mm. And you don't need everything landing on that, right? Yes. And so if you have this separate folder where it skips the inbox and goes straight into this archived folder, um, it's there. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that anxiety of missing out on it. Right. But on the other hand... FOMO. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but on the other hand, it's not um, nagging you to, right. to be read when really you should be focusing on other things. Exactly. Yeah. I think the batching also works pretty well if you know that, you know, you want to allocate an hour at lunch yep. and just focus on like the top priorities in that respect. Yep, absolutely. It can be really helpful. And, and the nature of your job, right? I think some jobs are more amenable to um, or conducive to, to batching where, you know, you don't need to be uh, on, on, was on call. Yeah. Every, every second of the day, right? Absolutely. And so think about whether your job allows it or not. And if it does, uh, lucky you, uh, and give it a shot. Yeah, and it's also something, even if, if you are in a sort of services industry where you have clients that expect things of you, you can go uh, be proactive about sort of setting the expectations, the terms of, your, of your engagement, mm -hmm. and being very clear as to, you know, look, uh, I look forward to having a, a great sort of level of communication with you. However, I just want you to know mm -hmm. that I typically only check my email around 12 p.m. and 6 p.m. So if I've taken a few hours to respond, that's why. Don't worry. I will get to it. Just expect my response around this time. Because that's another thing. A lot Because email is asynchronous in nature, right? We're not – there's a delay between the time that the email is sent and the time that the email is received. Mm. We – 
I think we have to remember that you might not get a response right away. And we shouldn't have this anxiety over, okay, well, I'm here I am twiddling my thumbs waiting for this email. Oh, and then start that negative self-talk where, oh, maybe my email wasn't clear enough. Maybe my tone wasn't good enough. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Where in fact, you know, it was fine because you've done the work beforehand, but here you are waiting because it is asynchronous. Or maybe the person, you know, went off somewhere or is held up in a meeting, whatever it is. Don't overthink, you know, why you didn't get a response right away. Um, I think that also ties into the the psychological, well, the the social anxiety around email because of the asynchronous uh, way that email is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I sent it. Am I hearing back? Right. If I didn't hear back, are they angry? Are they frustrated? Was it received poorly? Which, by the way, brings me to something that I think is really important. And you mentioned this in your um, your email email like like a boss boss video. Oh yeah, check it out. If terrific video, we have some great strategies there for just tackling email and actually writing the email. So not about inbox anxiety, but exactly writing the email. That's about that's about actually composing the email. Yeah. And I think this is relevant to email anxiety broadly, yeah. which is the tone of your email. Oh, yes, so important. Right? It's email and written communication in general, but I feel like email in particular uh, is in this awkward position yes. where people, it's, it's, it's sort of fast <laughs> and immediate enough that people don't put enough thought into composing it in a thoughtful way. But on the other hand, it's not as rapid as texting where you can quickly sort of course correct if, if the tone of the conversation is going sour, right? right? So email's sort of stuck in this awkward in-between in between space where I think a lot of communication breakdown happens because people write an email maybe a little faster than they should have. Right, not giving it the attention it might deserve. Exactly, mm. and so the receiver reads it as that it's person's like, angry at me <laughs> or is being sarcastic or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yeah, you're it right. just gets misinterpreted. It's easy to read in a negative it. way. Definitely. And on that, we have two related questions that mm. got sent into us. Um, sent to us. So Jack asked, if I use exclamation points, am I too casual? If I don't use them, do I seem like a sociopath? Uh, exclamation points. Great question. Yeah. The punctuation, right? Because sometimes you see too many exclamation points or it's like every other sentence has an yes. exclamation point. What's your take on that? Well, I... I um I have a love hate relationship with exclamation really? points. Really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no question they get overused, yes. and I will absolutely catch myself in some emails where <laughs> you know when I read back to my email, I realize every single sentence ended with an exclamation point, and in my mind I'm like, well, I am pretty excited about yeah, exactly. literally everything I just said. Right, right. So shouldn't I put I them there? That? Yeah. But if they're all exclamation points, then they might as well, well all be periods, right? So there's 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 definitely a middle ground. What I actually like to do when yeah. I when I can mm-hmm. is in a best case scenario, I limit my email to one exclamation point. Mm. If it's sort of a short email, at though. most one par- one exclamation okay. point per paragraph. But the point of an exclamation point is to to really drive something home. Right. And so it I, I think they should be reserved for special cases where you really really do want to do that. Mm-hmm. There are some sort of alternative uh, tools such as caps locking, but that can be a little risky because oh. people think you're yelling it. Oh, yeah, definitely. So caps locks can be risky. <laughs> bolding things, but even bolding can come across as a little like intense. like underlining. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think exclamation points when used um, judiciously. Mm, okay, so being careful about Being careful about them 
can be selective. effective. Uh, and so I wouldn't avoid, I don't, I don't find them unprofessional. I think there's a stigma oh, against them that, I think you're right, that, yeah. that they're a little too conversational. Mm -hmm. I don't view them as unprofessional per se. In fact, I think they're humanizing, right? I think when you put in an exclamation point, you realize this guy isn't a robot. Yeah. Like, the, like uh, Jack was saying, <laughs> you know, they're not a sociopath. Right. Um, but there's this almost um, stigma against yeah, yeah. it in a exactly. way. Like your little, um, it, it just comes across as unprofessional to some people. Yeah. Which I, I don't agree with, and I mm -hmm. actually think, again, using them humanizes you. It, it makes you seem like a normal person, uh, someone who you're having a conversation with. Yeah. So I encourage them. Mm -hmm. I would just say use them um, with thought, right? Definitely. And, and once you've written your email, sort of go through it. And if you find that you did use probably a few more than you should have, and probably most of the time we do, yeah. uh, just see, figure out what part of the email you were really trying to emphasize and reserve the exclamation points for that, and the rest, try a period. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe um, an emoji. Okay, so we have a question about emojis. Um, I will say, though, and this relates to both of these things, I think what's also really tough about email is that there's not many contextual clues, um, contextual cues, rather. Mm. You know, we don't really have the nonverbal communication, the paralinguistics, like we don't see inflection pattern, hear inflection patterns. We don't right. view, you know, the body language. Uh, we, 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 I think that's why emojis were created, right? In Japan. I had Japanese students telling me this years ago about the emojis. So yeah. Juan Diego is actually, he's asking, how do you feel about emojis in email? So emojis are definitely another level in the sort of professionalism spectrum, yes. probably a little bit lower. I think so. That doesn't mean that they're not to be used, but I think you use them in situations where you already have established a rapport with the person. That's right? interesting. Okay. I would avoid using them in your initial outreach, like a cold email. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I would avoid using them for the most part uh, in interview correspondence, if you're mm. having a job interview. Um, when, when the relationship is still pretty new, mm -hmm. I would err toward not using them only right. because they do seem a little bit goofy. But when you're communicating with your colleagues, when you are communicating with the client that you've worked with for a while, I think they're kind of a fun way it to spice things up, right? I think they do. Sometimes you write something and you're a little bit frustrated. And so you write mm. it and, and you're worried that it sounds a little too frustrated. Yeah. You add that little smiley face. And what it does, it says, yeah, I was a little annoyed by this, a little tiffed, but at the same time, I'm not that angry. Right. I'm no giving worries. you a smiley emoji. Yeah. Right. I think smart use of emojis can actually be pretty powerful. Mm -hmm. I would just avoid them sort of in the initial uh, phase of establishing the relationship. I think they're sort of a little further down the line. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, with good friends, it could also be used. With good friends. Where yeah. they know you. I think We've we have time for like one more, by face the way. Face-to-face -face interaction. Okay, yeah. let's see. Because we're right up on our, our deadline. Give me the best have, one. We have something here in the chat box. Oh, this was actually uh, one of Sound. our one of our viewers just letting us know oh, that the, the, the audio came in through. Okay. Yeah. Well, but it may be see. a little echoey. We're going to listen to this, by the way, afterwards. And if it is echoey, that probably means we didn't select the correct mic. Oh yeah, let us so, know. Let us know. Uh, we'll in take the a comments. look as well, and we'll get this. We'll get this uh, <laughs> squared away. Squared away. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay. So here we have somebody saying, 
Pierre. Mm. Okay. He said, why do I need to be good at email if my company uses Slack? And I'm guessing with friends, it's, you know, basically using, he's using text yeah. or WhatsApp or yeah, yeah, iMessage, yeah. whatever. Well, Slack is a great tool. Yeah, but right? it does not replace email. It definitely doesn't as much as they'd like it to. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't replace email. And, and here's the reason why. Slack and, and a lot of these other sort of internal productivity tools can be very powerful mm -hmm. for streamlining internal communication, mm, right? Right. Within it's, the department. Within the department. The and it's also a really good way to solve that CC problem, that copying problem, right? Mm. Because when you write in Slack, you can people can subscribe and unsubscribe to channels. And you can sort of control the flow of information yes. and, and tap it when you need it. Yeah. So for that reason, Slack can be very powerful, right? In terms of um, institutionalizing a body of internal knowledge, mm -hmm. it's a dream for that. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to worry about emails sort of getting stuck in certain inboxes and not being forwarded and so forth. However, when it comes to external communication, you still need email, yeah, right? Of course. Um, and also, I would say that uh, certain types of communication, even internally, uh, email is a more effective tool for, right? When you have a sort of big structured uh, project that you yeah. want to sort of summarize, mm -hmm. right? Large, more structured content, I think email is more effective mm -hmm. for. But certainly externally, email is really the only way you're going to communicate it's with true. people, right? When, when you're going to sort of appeal to new clients, yeah. when you're going to uh, apply to jobs, right? Right. Um, even even just sort of communicating uh, with acquaintances in your network, email is still a very important tool. Yeah. And so, if you sh neglect email, you know, replacing it with the texting and and the Slack, Slack and so forth, yeah. that muscle is going to atrophy. Mm -hmm. And when you when it really matters, when you have to send that important email, you're just not going to be as well equipped right. as you could have been. To send it's true. it, and and you don't have to send as many emails these days. And I'm a big fan of picking up the phone and talking to someone in person. But when you do need to send the email, it can really matter and make a big difference. And so you want to be equipped for that. And uh, it's not it's not something that you want to uh, let lie fallow. Mm. You know? um, I remember James Altucher had an interesting approach uh, with looking at previous emails mm. and not responding to some. Do you want to share that? Do you oh yeah, yeah. He so this is actually went a, this, his this is a fun little story to wrap up with. Yeah. A, um, if you think you have it bad, just listen <laughs> to James Altucher uh, because pretty funny. this guy really has a hard time responding to email. He uh, he talked about in one of his uh, his emails. He's gotten I don't know if he's gotten better at responding, but he's he's actually quite a prolific sender of emails. This is in his book. Is it Choose Yourself or Choose yourself. Reinvent Yourself? It's Choose one yourself. of them. He's written a bunch of books. Yeah, Choose Yourself books. is sort of his his flagship book. It's it might a great have been book. Choose Yourself, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun to read. Yeah. His po the podcast or the podcast, the audio version of it's really good too. He doesn't read the book. He speaks. He sort of speaks out. So he uses the book as a guide, but the audio book is he kind of riffs off the book. Anyways, I saw him in the uh, coffee yes, shop. Yes, you, you totally on was the a upper celebrity west spot side. in yeah. New York City. She totally Just, spotted him. He was nonchalant about it. You he can't on miss his that that big, huge, curly fro. Oh he's yeah. Got. Just like sort of hunched yeah. over, and it was no, but everyone was highly alone. identifiable. That's, that's how it is in New York. Okay, but anyways, anyway, we uh, James Altucher. James Altucher has a real uh, struggle responding to emails, and 
he talks about there were one of the two of these emails that he didn't respond for like for years for like 10 years 10 years and Crazy. to give you a sense of how this really does sit in your head he each year would think about it and get more and more stressed about <laughs> like it. Like the guilt that builds yeah, up. Yeah, this crazy right? sort of unreasonable level of yeah. guilt uh, about not responding. And so I think he did eventually respond. Uh, and I think one of the people actually got back to him what did he say? and was thrilled to hear from oh, him. Oh, that's good. And had harbored no ill will, yeah. was simply delighted to hear from him. Right. Um, so if you have trouble responding, don't stress out about it. Yeah. But I would say, you know, if, if, if we're going to wrap up with, with anything, it's that the email inbox, it's, it's definitely something that can be tamed. Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of viewing it as something stressful, just create a strategy that works for you Yes. in terms of managing it. There definitely are ways to do it. Um, and feel free to reach out to us if, you know, obviously you didn't get a chance to, to ask your question now. Um, but we, uh, we love coming up with different ways to manage things like this. And yeah, so, optimizing. um, come up with a system and once you do, uh, the inbox can actually be a really powerful productivity tool. Yes. And I, th- I want to underline that yeah. it really should be viewed as a tool and not, you know, a project like conquering your email box shouldn't be like, a, 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 you know, really not, it should not be your to-do list mm. and it shouldn't be a project that you've completed. Right. It really is a tool to communicate. 